I should probably have turned my microphone on after I had my sip of water. (laughs) And it's kind of interesting. I'd like to just, before orienting towards the formal meditation practice, just reflect a little on something that I, I want to acknowledge and say sorry for with regard to Part of the circumstance of being here as a, as a teacher in the position of privilege and responsibility that one has is that whatever we say, whatever I say or do will have an impact on others and a, a small impact of treating you to the sound of me swallowing a sip of water is a, is a, is a minor thing. And at the same time it's an expression of something that happens which is sometimes, unfortunately, will have an impact upon the community. And what I wanted to speak to and to name this morning was that uh, a couple of nights ago when I spoke in the, in the Dharma talk, I talked about othering. And I, I spoke about the way that in the, in the kind of the larger geopolitical framework, I, I perceived a shift of othering from the community, in a sense, in relationship to ideologies, in relationship to totalitarian communism, in relationship to Islam. And then I spoke about an othering that I perceive taking place in the Western world in relationship to sort of left and right polarizations. And while there's a certain validity within that, what is very clear to me also now is that uh, the primary othering that for many people will be experienced is in the context of a racialized othering and that this wasn't something I acknowledged and that particularly in the context of the kind of othering and and vilifying of a particular other community that a significant experience here in the United States but not just here, certainly in other parts of the West too that I wasn't fully cognizant of was the what what happened what has happened in recent years very sadly and painfully with regard to the vilification of china and the the consequent aggression and violence that's been directed towards the american asian and pacific island community based on that particular othering and the making of the threat the collective threat located in this place and so i'm speaking to this because I want to say sorry for the way that my lack of understanding and awareness and sensitivity will have impacted you, some of you perhaps quite significantly or painfully, and I want to say thank you to the person who brought this to my attention. It's really important that when things like this take place in our community, we can name them, we can speak about them, we can talk about them, and even if they don't fit in particularly comfortably with the meditation and practice instruction that's talking about calming down or sort of kind of letting go. Sometimes things need to be lifted up, picked up and engaged with. And in saying what I've said, I just also want to acknowledge the realms of othering that take place in relationship to communities within our larger community. So that in naming one particular othering that I failed to acknowledge that was specifically related to what I was talking about in terms of that larger externalized threat perception that we seem to need to recreate, as I spoke of it two nights ago. But just equally naming the othering that takes place in relationship to communities of different ethnic heritage and particularly here, the the community of of African-American, of those of of the community of black people, of indigenous people, and of people of color. And as I say it, I know that of course there are many more, equally the lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender community and the, the many different expressions that gender and sexuality take in our in our culture, in our community, in our companions. And equally with regard to other elements, 
of who we are, that we may have felt and feel othered in terms of ability, in terms of class, in terms of our neurology or our physiology. And as a, a, a male, heterosexual, cisgender person, middle-aged, well-educated, passes for white, I have an immense privilege and an immense responsibility here, and it's my wish to do my best with regard to that. And my acknowledgement is that I won't always do it as well as I would wish. So I just want to speak to that. And I, even to acknowledge that even just now, of course, it won't be as I would wish it to be attuned to each and every person I would wish that I would wish. But that was my aspiration, and I'm open to hearing if you have a response to this that uh, needs to be cared for. And I'm not making that your responsibility. It's mine. But just to know that there's an openness here to the conversation. I'm going to turn my microphone off while I have a sip of water. And I'd just like to invite you to take a moment to notice how these words, the sharing, and this circumstance lands for you. And however you experience and whatever you experience, I, I would hope and would wish you to know that you can give it validity. You can honor it. And you can listen to what it may ask or offer to you. We engage in Dharma practice because we are profoundly sensitive human beings. Profoundly sensitive beings. We are touched by each other in so many ways. And we touch each other in so many ways. Not always seen, known, recognized. But one aspect of our waking up is not just an internal contemplation of the processes and the mechanisms and the ways whereby craving and greed, aversion and hatred, unconsciousness and (coughs) delusion, these forces and factors play out not just in our intra, into our sorry, our inner and personal process and experience, but in our collective culture, our society and our world, where these forces show themselves as systemic structures, perspectives and behaviours. And that part of our engagement with our own experience and the vision for transformation of what we encounter in the immediate and what we could call internal is equally a call and for myself at least so far as I'm able a commitment to translating this into the the way of being and engaging in the world understanding that these conditions that we call inner and these processes and the conditions that we recognize and describe as outer are intrinsically connected and that our own deeper well-being is profoundly linked to the welfare of each and every other human being. And in fact, beyond that, to the welfare and well-being of all that lives in all its forms and ways and expressions. And so, again, just taking a moment to notice how this lands for you and to make space for that and whatever you may need to receive, to hold, to respond for yourself.
in our practice we've been inviting ourselves again and again to turn towards what is here. And what is here includes different levels, layers, dimensions. And we could say communities of our life. And our primary focus has been with the most immediate, and we could say inner communities of our body, heart and mind. And yet having that located within our larger community is very much equally part of the practice. And yet for now, I would invite, so far as it feels appropriate and right for you, to again just notice what it is to gather your attention in your body. To notice what might be here for you at this time. And there may be feeling responses to some of what I've said. And there may not be. And that's okay. Either way. Both are fine. Likewise, there may be some thoughts, responses, perspectives that arise for you. Reflections. Just to allow a little space for that to be here, if this is what you notice. And if this is not what arises here, equally, allowing that to be just so. And so far as you may notice any bodily sensation, resonance, feeling, equally, including this, sensing what this might be, making room for this too. We can turn the lens of our practice to where we are. And this is always the place from which we begin. In whatever condition and circumstance we find ourselves, in whatever location we arise from. We've spoken in the instructions and the guidance we've offered with regard to the the frames through which we can attend to our experience. The frame of body as a foundation for attention. The frame of Vedana, pleasant, unpleasant and neither aspect of every experience that conditions reactivity when we're not conscious of it. This heart-mind, this field of resonance that is affected and responsive, citta, this realm of experience, that is touched, that knows, that feels, that responds. And the, the field of, of what we could call the contents of the citta, what it is that appears in the heart-mind by way of thoughts and images and constructs. That we can just notice these different elements of the experience. In the Buddha's teaching, the invitation is to include them all. At times, with the realm of thought, it can be quite light. When there's no identification, when it's not being given significance beyond the fact that it's simply a thought. 
we can see a thought as just a thought, passing through the mind just as the weather of the day, a cloud passes through the sky. And sometimes we see a thought where there is a degree of charge associated with it, a degree of significance being added or given to it, and particularly where there is an identification with a thought that somehow seems to speak to telling me who I am or am not, what I am or are not. And these thoughts we are particularly attentive to notice because if we do not notice them, if we simply believe them, we see they build and construct narratives and worlds in which we become entangled and by which we are constricted and bound. When there's charge in the thinking, when we notice it has a pull for us, it's mostly helpful to move the attention away from the content, just acknowledging the broad territory. Maybe this is planning for the future and there's excitement or there's anxiety with regard to that. Maybe it's reminiscing on happy memories or sorrowfully remembering past distress or difficulty. Noticing the tendency of the language about self to use the words always and never. I'm always this, I'm never that. And recognizing that the implication of a fixed and unchanging definition is part of how we become bound to contemplate that maybe sometimes and maybe not we show up in a certain way according to conditions. And to bring a a kindly and compassionate attention to the places where we feel bound by such perceptions and conclusions. To invite the questioning of maybe, maybe not. Maybe this is not the definition of what and who we truly are. bringing the attention into the body provides a a more stable and steady place to ground ourselves when we feel that pull when we feel the mind is spinning and busy when we feel the charge of the sense of identification that arises To breathe (coughs) with these moments and experiences, allowing the body to be the ground in which they can come to be felt and come to rest or express their movement as they do. And it can seem at times that there are many things going on, many possibilities for where we could give our attention. When we feel quite grounded 
or reasonably steady, just allowing the attention to be open, to receive and be touched by each moment's experience. as a sound comes to us and then leaves as we recognize a pleasant or unpleasant aspect or neutral element of Vedana as we perceive the state of the heart-mind, the citta recognizing and naming perhaps the particular texture or quality that's present or particular quality that's flavoring it. And as we notice the the mental contents, the thoughts and the images. And if in this we feel it's more than it can be received or we're not sure to what to attend to just keep it simple come back to your body come back to the movement of breathing in your body allow yourself to rest there to trust this ground is always here for you this body breathing this present moment, just as it is. Bringing kindliness and care to those places that may feel tender or raw, where we may feel struggle confusion or distress. Bringing curiosity to those places where we are entangled or reactive. Not necessarily to figure them out, but just to see as clearly as we can what is happening here. and allowing these qualities of stability, steadiness and collectedness as the foundation. And a kindly, interested engagement with your life unfolding right here. To receive and to carry you through moment by moment. This body sitting right here on the earth and beneath the sky just as it is. Breathing in and breathing out just as it does. Experience arising and passing. Being received and released moment by moment. 
abiding in this open-hearted wakefulness. Embodied presence. Just here, just now. Just as you are.
this morning and this day is a, a precious day for practice. We may just start to notice the sense of the end of the retreat beginning to appear at the edges of our mind and possibly feeling some uh, pull towards that. And I'd really invite and encourage you to let that go for now. The qualities, uh, wholesome qualities of heart and mind that are ripening and deepening as we practice. So precious, so important for ourselves and our world to give them the fullest support to give yourself the fullest support by giving yourself wholeheartedly to this day for what's here and for what's now. And with regard to that, the schedule will be a little different tomorrow where we'll take care of what's needed to take care of for the ending of our retreat so that you don't need to try and take care of it today. And we'll let you know about that as we get there. There's a image that I find rather powerful and lovely from Shantideva, who was a a teacher, a poet, a mystic, and a practitioner who lived in what's now northern India and I think the 6th century. And uh, he once observed, he said, that we could practice like an elephant who, tormented by the heat of the midday sun and the sting of biting flies, would plunge into a pool of cool water. And I always have this sort of sense of the, the elephant goes in, the water goes out. And it's like that whole heart. Of course, in the current weather conditions, we might think of a pool of warm water. But uh, the sense of, in a way, the heat, the midday sun, the, the pain of, of being caught in desire and craving in that constrictive way, not the aspirational sense of desire, but the way we get caught in craving and tightening an identification. And uh, the pain of biting flies, like the, you know, the way that if we actually feel what it's like when we're caught in aversive reactivity, aversion, anger, hatred, how, how painful it is to us, not to say of its effect on others in the world. And this practice offers this, this opportunity to find relief, to release ourselves from that. And that asks of us to give ourselves wholeheartedly to this, this offering of ourself, this profound generosity and kindness expressed in the willingness to be here fully through the wholeness of the day, through the fullness of all the forms and the shapes and the activities. And to see what that might bring, what that might offer, what that might reveal. We will continue with the group interviews and uh, there is a change to what was posted yesterday. Uh, I've encountered my mind in an unfamiliar mode of dysfunctionality and this is entirely my responsibility I generally find it really easy to organize a whole bunch of information to make it all work and I've failed to on several occasions so in reorienting that to what it needed to be for two of the groups group F was meeting at um, it was listed to meet at 9 15, but in fact we'll be meeting at 10.45, Group F, so later than scheduled. And Group C was listed for 4.45, which obviously 
makes no sense. <laughs> but it was, so there we are. Um, and it's now listed for 4.30, which is when the afternoon groups have always been. <laughs> what that means is there are some one-to-one spaces of uh, interviews that are um, being offered in response to some of your requests that will begin at 9.15. So I think these were offered by Akinshino because he won't be having a group at 9.15. And so if you were one of the people who had asked for one, um, please check the board when we go out to see in case your one is at 9.15 if you haven't found that already. And there'll be a guided meditation again at 3.45 this afternoon. Yes, and the last of the affinity sets for the LGBTQIA plus community will be this evening at uh, 6.45. Yeah. It's really interesting to experience oneself arising differently than one has known oneself or one's mind. And that moment where some numbers come up and where it's normally crystal clear and bright and confident, at the moment my mind just turns to mush. So thank you for nodding to tell me, yes, it is 6.45. Because uh, something in me doesn't seem to be operating there right now. But hopefully we can manage that. And uh, don't be concerned. I think I'll be all right. So those who have a group at this time and uh, anyone who might have a one-to-one would invite you to uh, leave first and others to give them the space for that. And then there's uh, time for some walking and the next meditation beginning with some standing at 10 o'clock. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.